Hello everybody, welcome back to Steakcast. Today we're going to be talking about the lovable actor John Candy. Uh, by the time this cast airs, it will be on the, I believe, 29th anniversary of John's death. Am I correct? I think you are, yeah. 29th anniversary, yeah, so next year it'll be 30 years since John's passing. Um, I am, for the benefit of the tape, currently just dressed as the character of Del Griffith from the film Plane Trains Automobiles, or at least my attempt at... I know you! Um, anyway, uh, my moustache is probably going to fall off several times uh, throughout you mean it's uh, not real? this engagement. But um, yeah, the John Candy cast, here we are. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Um, so, before we uh, before we begin, we, we're all familiar with John Candy. I don't expect anyone's got a bad word to say about John Candy. He certainly is my favourite actor. Um, but whilst I'll start by by just uh, filling you all in on on John Candy. Um, in case you didn't know, John Candy was Canadian, not American. I repeat, not American. John Candy was a Canadian actor and comedian who was born on October the thirty first, nineteen fifty, in That's... Ontario, Canada. As my moustache falls off, <laughs> uh, he was known for his work in Hollywood films, including Spaceballs, Plane Trains, Automobiles, Uncle Buck, and Home Alone, to name but a few. He was a talented performer who had a gift for making his audience laugh and was widely regarded as one of the most likable and funniest actors of his time. Uh, sadly, though, John passed away uh, in 1994 whilst on the set of his film Wagons East. Uh, he died in uh, Durango, Mexico, uh, March the 4th, as I say, which is uh, coming up to the anniversary of, or will be on the anniversary of by the time he released this cast. Uh, John Sally died of a heart attack. Uh, however, his legacy lives on, and uh, his his co co comedic performances will no doubt span many generations to come. So, this is the John Candy cast. Gentlemen, welcome. Hello. How Hello. are we all? I, have a... I had no idea he was Canadian, genuinely. That's news to me. Well, I mean, it's, it's one of them things, I imagine. Like, do you know like, the Welsh and English thing? Or, or, yeah. or, or Britain or England. We're, we're, on tour, we're on tour in England and you look at the dates and there's like four Scotland dates on there and things. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Or it says UK tour and it's three dates in England and no dates in Ireland, Scotland or Wales. Exactly that, yeah. yeah. Belfast so, usually just gets completely missed. Most of the time it's not UK. This is it. But that's a whole boat and other things. It is, it is. Effort. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it is I, effort, can, I can imagine though that... that, that Generally, um, I imagine Canadians probably often get mistaken as Americans. Um, yeah, yeah. It's there that there kind of are thing. there are tells though. Like the word about is a big one. About? Yeah, yeah. Like about. listen to the way listen to the way Aboriginal speak, for example. You, you can you can tell Avril is, is Canadian. It's one example. Mm. She's French Canadian. though, She's got that weird lisp in her voice. So she did. Quebec is this son? Yeah. Quebec. That's that's neat. Trade apart, boys. All you need to see about Canada is his trailer park, boys. I, I'm sure millions of Canadians would disagree with you, but <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> East Coast East Coast is French, West Coast is English, right? And Canada? That's British Columbia is on the West. And then what about Simple Plan, Rich? Yeah. On the, on the, um, they are French-Canadian, they are. Pierre Bouvier. What's his name? Pierre Bouvier, does it? Bouvier, yeah. Bouvier, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, enough... Uh, speak about uh Sorry. Canadians <laughs> okay. we will wriggle things back in to the lovable John Candy the larger Sorry. than life character as my mustache uh begrudgingly uh sits on my face I just thought you were stroking it to be honest but it was 
Well, I don't know. I could get used to the idea. Um, so John Candy, John <laughs> Candy's early days, as I say. Um, did you know um, John Candy never set out uh, originally on on being an actor? He, originally, he wanted to be a football player. He played where he played for his high school team. Uh, it wasn't until um, an unfortunate knee injury um, that John's football career uh, was was halted. Um, shall we say? Suppose, suppose it's like a cloud, you know, silver lightning, and it really strange but parallels with David um, like that as well. Um, football's loss was comedy's gain, we could say. However, um, uh, he, he was um, very patriotic towards one club in particular, which was the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, and in 1991, uh, he joined uh, forces with a hockey star called Wayne Gretzky, I believe. Uh, and he actually bought um, co-ownership in that team. Uh, and in 1991, they won the Grey Cup under his co-ownership. Uh, and they did very successful, actually. And John uh, regularly um, uh, boosted their profile. He got some of his celebrity friends in and things to sort of uh, do various shows and seminars. Basically, and... basically did what uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney are doing with Wrexham right now. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah exactly right. that. Um, and pretty close up to his um, up to his death, in fact, as well. I think the club was like uh, sold on or or, or, or fell apart. Um, I did have, euthanized uh, upon his You said day. that was a, a football team, yeah? It was. Um, or was it yeah, a hockey it, team? Because Gretzky's a hockey player, isn't he? No, it was a, it was a yeah, he was, yeah, but this was a Canadian football team okay. in the CFL. Uh, this was uh, the, the Toronto Argonauts. The one fucking uh, watches is that, Canadian huh? football <laughs> American football? A, or was yeah. it. Yeah. Rag. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, have, they, 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 they are football. I think the, they are soccer is um canadian are like it's a similar thing with like wales and england where the canadians are in the mls i think so they are in the with the americans i'm pretty sure anyway major league soccer yeah <laughs> sports yeah. <laughs> sports yeah so yeah obviously um obviously when he when he became an actor and, and had a bit of obviously money behind him or whatever um yeah he bought co-ownership in them um, right um, up more or less until his death, I believe. I think it, I think it did fall through for him though, but it, he, he was pretty close to when he died anyway. Um, I think I read that um, it, it, it collapsed somehow or whatever or whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you look into that. But uh, yeah, 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 they, they won various different things under his uh, under his uh, reign and, and did pretty well by the looks of it. Sorry, guy, what did you say he died from again? Um, it was a, a heart attack. Um, and ironically, um, when John was just five years old, um, his father, uh, I think his father was called Sydney, his father died of um, complications of heart disease um, when John was only five years old. And his father was 35, I think, at the time. Um, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Similar sort of situation. Do you think there was really. a history of cardiovascular issues in the family or were they... Respectfully, it certainly, certainly would seem so. Certainly would seem so. And don't forget, John was John was a, a quite a big fella as well. Yeah, he smoked a lot and too much candy. Well, yeah. Um, we, so um, not, I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna not like our friend Mad Eddie. Then he survived his attack, didn't he, Mad Eddie? Mad Eddie, yeah. Mad Eddie. I'm gonna reel off. Um, I'm gonna reel off a list of his films, and and you can tell me if there's any that stand out. Was that a pun? Or, or any that you've seen? Um, for example, Stripes, Bruce's Millions, Plane Trains and Motorbills, Spaceballs, The Great Outdoors, Uncle Buck, uh, Home Alone, Cool Run-Ins, 
uh, many more. Who's Harry Crumb? Uh, what have I got behind me? Canadian Bacon, Delirious. Splash. Uh, Is that Splash? And many more, many more. Who's the woman on the cover of Splash, by the That is... Is it Daryl Hannah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's yeah, also in Little Shop of Horrors as well. He's got a really small part in Little Shop of Horrors. Blues Brothers, he's got a good supporting role in Blues Brothers. Um, Very young family friendly centric films. Has he got any that are a bit more... Edgy. Mature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... Yes and no. Um, I was going to move on to this, so we, we can move straight on to it if you like. We can delve a little further into, shall we say. Um, <laughs> you would think of you would think of plane trains and automobiles. You would think of that as a sort of family friendly yeah. film, but new as a, as maybe a PG or um, all around family film. But did you know uh, plane trains and automobiles actually says the F word eighteen times in it, which makes it an R rated movie. Was that um, Neil? Was it? Yeah, it's purely it's purely that rant scene where where, um, where we see the, the character of Neil Page, um, played by Steve Martin, um, trying to rent a car. Um, I believe it's eighteen times he oh, says shit, yeah. uh, the, the F word in there. Um, yeah. So. Oh yeah, because she, she's like, "Have you got your ticket?" And he's like, "The what? We got it. Threw it away. It was angry." And she's like, "Oh, you're fucked." <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. It's the one I want to car in now. It's it's all this. Uh, it's that bit, yeah. Um, but uh, I didn't realise that for such a family-friendly film, um, yeah, he drops the F bomb about eighteen times in it. So that's probably um, that's probably his uh... world was a different place in the eighties. But well, this is it. Was it the nineties? When, when did that come out? I actually don't know. Uh, I think it was eighties. Uh, Eighty. I want to say eighty-seven. I could be wrong on that one, right? What's that? Our paint trains don't reveals. Nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah, nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah. Oh. On yeah. it. I watched it like two days of books. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John's career actually started in uh, SCTV, um, which was uh, Second City Television. And a lot of the names in that are sort of a little click that would see in other films. Um, for example, um, uh, Catherine O'Hara, I believe her name is, who plays um, Kevin McAllister's mother in Home Alone. She was part of it. Um, Eugene Levy was in there, Harold Remus, uh, I know there were close connections that he had to John Belushi from the Blues Brothers, uh, Dan Aykroyd, um, as well, was, was there... involved in some of the, are they all sort of, yeah, I confused Candy with Aykroyd quite a lot, it's funny, I was talking to Joe about this before I started, and, um, I was saying, like, I thought it was John Candy was the dad in My Girl, but that was, um, that was fucking Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, yeah, but they, yeah, they had a very close, um, very close working partnership, as well as John... Uh, closely working with John Hughes as well on a lot of projects as well. So that was said, quite a strong um, partnership. You said about the Home Alone thing, um, and in that scene where he's the you know the Polka King, Polka Polka. Kaspersky, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he and the the woman in that because she was on SCTV with him. That's they, right. Yeah, they both completely improvised that scene. That, that wasn't yeah. scripted whatsoever, yeah. wasn't it? Totally yeah. improvised. Totally improvised. Um, fantastic. Yeah, all of that scene. That scene was filmed in one day as well. Uh, that that scene you see there with uh, with the Kasparinsky, and he um, famously get paid four hundred and thirty something pound for what, that four hundred dollars, I think it was. Um, Is that Canadian dollars or US dollars? Probably US. Same thing, isn't it's that? always be, US, isn't it? It would be the John's preference, perhaps. Um, but yeah, uh, going going back to her, who obviously stars in a minute. Um, yeah, the connection was obviously there from before, and the John Hughes connection as well. Um, 
Uh, John Candy also appears in uh, National Lampoon's uh, Vacation is a small part. Uh, where he's the cop at the end and uh, when they try and get into the Wally world. Um, various other things. This this all the working connections there. But yeah, um, uh, Plane Changes and Automobiles was, was 1987. Uh, the John Hughes connection sounds like a, uh, a line of very expensive suits or something. Does sound that? Could well be. Could well or it be. sounds like some sort of prog band from the 70s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the John Hughes collection. Yeah, so as I say, uh, we'll delve a little further into playing James and Automobiles. Uh, 1987 American comedy film directed by John Hughes and starring Steve Martin and John Candy. Uh, the film follows the misadventures of two unlikely travel companions, Neil Page, Steve Martin's character, a high-strung marketing executive, and Del Griffith, played by John Candy a talkative and somewhat annoying shower curtain ring salesman as they try to make their way home for the Thanksgiving holiday. The film originally starts uh, two days before Thanksgiving where we see, um, Tom remembers, he's watched this quite recently, where we see Neil and he's sat in the office and there's a sort of uncomfortable silence and he's just waiting and he's looking around and the clock's ticking and he's like, I've got a plane to catch, I've got a plane to catch. And uh, one of his colleagues, as he gets to the lift, uh, he says, You'll never make the 6pm. Remember that bit? I remember that um, bit. Yeah. Uh, the film is known for its its physical comedy, slapstick humour, as well as heartfelt moments, and has become a beloved classic of, of the comedy genre. Uh, grossing in at over 49 million in the box office, and, repeat, and received many positive reviews from critics and John Candy fans alike, uh, who very much praised the chemistry between uh, Steve Martin and John Candy in the film. But uh, the, the film's title refers to the various, which is pretty obvious, but the film's title refers to the various modes of transportation that Dell and Neil use on their journey to make it home for Thanksgiving. So planes, trains, and automobiles. And uh, that's it. Basically, they try and make their way home from New York City to Chicago. Uh, when we are first introduced to Dell, uh, we will see we will see the scene obviously when. Um, uh, uh, Neil Page is trying to get a cab. We actually see a young Kevin Bacon, uh, you might have noticed, in that scene as a small cameo where he's running for the cab. Uh, there's a bit of an altercation between him and somebody else and we end up seeing a big trunk on the floor. Big trunk gets loaded into the cab um, which uh, Steve Martin has just bartered for and then we see Steve Martin chase down the cab and that priceless uh, Del Griffith uh, uh, a surprise face uh, was born from there and that is our introduction to Del Griffith um, yeah so once again at the airport uh, if you remember Del once again uh, crosses paths um, with uh, with Neil and uh, the film goes from there really that is uh, that is it he's kind of stuck with him uh, for the duration as, as they try and uh, get home for Thanksgiving so there's a bit where they're at the airport and Dell's like, oh, you know, I found the company of a guy that I enjoy. He's, you know, he's a good guy. He says pretty much about, about Neil. Yeah. But up until that point, Neil's been nothing but a cunt to, to Dell. <laughs> no, this is it. Yeah, this is it. So it's, it, what's got me thinking is why had Dell kind of attached himself to Neil when Neil was obviously just, just trying to brush him off? Like, I see what you mean, yeah. So like... Is it because Dell is a kind-hearted man, or 
was he choosing this character as a free ride um and you know to get something out of i see what i mean is that is that where we're going he's, with it he's is got the suit and everything isn't he so yeah we, he could have he could have possibly done that because uh yeah he's obviously pretty rich was was old neil beer yeah and, uh, he, he could have seen him as a mark i suppose but when he was in that scene talking about him enjoying being with him he was speaking to his late wife like he was he was like talking to himself and talking yeah, to his yeah, wife yeah. saying, oh, you know i like his company and all that so I, I don't understand why Dell kind of tacked himself onto Neil, where Dell could have found somebody that's a bit more like Dell to kind of get on with, I suppose. I don't know. In, in many ways, I think it represents um, Dell's ability to perhaps see the good in people and, and his sure. kind of heartedness. But at the same time, um, I mean, on your, on your original watch, you obviously wouldn't know the story of Dell and you wouldn't know that he hasn't got home or whatever and his wife's obviously died and things. But at the time, um, maybe it's just supposed to show his, his good heart and nature. I, I don't really know. It's a difficult one. There's, you, you could you could argue you could argue that the Dell is sort of a, a bit of a freeloader in many ways. But um, I think where you're about his kind nature is probably right because when they're in the hotel room, when they're going to sleep in the same bed together, and Dell knocks up beer under the bed, and, yeah, uh, and Neil kind of goes off on Dell, Neil attacks Dell's character but that's when, right yeah when Dell does it back to Neil he's like oh you play with your balls a lot you know he, he doesn't like go for the throat like, no he's just... no no he doesn't know it's, 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 it's harmless um it's harmless fun but uh um uh Neil is very brutal towards his his whole sort of personality and, and everything about him it's very uh very vicious attack but again a great um a great speech there that's one of the most iconic uh speeches uh, in cinematic history that uh that uh, Dell delivers back. Always um, oh, like, uh, you want to hurt me? Go ahead. Yeah, Is you want to hurt me? Go ahead. I'm an easy target. I speak too much. I also listen too much. Um, yeah, it's good. But, um, yeah. Um, the, the funny thing about that you mentioned, like the beer scene and everything else. Um, the original cut of Plain Chains and Automobiles um, was like three and a half hours long. Oh God. Uh, which could be like another film in itself. And um, there was um. Well, in October 2022, actually, um, there was a 4K um, uh, Blu-ray DVD uh, re-released with all this sort of unseen footage. Or 75 minutes, in, I'll just look at my notes, 75 minutes, in fact, of deleted and extended footage. Um, which was thought to be lost and stuff, but it was sort of rediscovered, cleaned up, or whatever. But yeah, um, there is so much subplot. And I've even, I've even seen various sort of um, online documentaries and stuff on this. There is so much subplot um, that is missing from... Plane Chains of Autonomy because that actually makes a lot more sense when it's left in. And once you know about these little things, it, it makes so much sense. Like the beer thing he mentions or whatever. That scene was actually in it where the beer's exploding everywhere. There's a scene with the pizza as well. Now, this is quite an important subplot. Um, it's to do with the pizza boy, the, the pizza boy that comes to deliver the pizza. I believe he doesn't get a tip. And he comes back later in the night and he is actually the guy that sort of picks the lock and robs right. them. But I don't think the the cinema the cine, you know the what's the right word cinematical theatrical cut yeah I don't I don't I don't think the actual cut that that um, is widely known sort of um, shed lights on the fact it's actually the pizza boy that is robbing them no it doesn't um, there's that, all, no. almost a whole different subplot going on there's so many um, as well as some of the bathroom scenes and things like that um, when uh, Dell Dell the the uh, 
Uh, Dell's in the shower and he dries himself in his pants and things like that. There's loads more missing from that as well. That that makes up a lot of sense. There's also scenes where um, um, Neil's wife is calling up a lot more and stuff and thinks that um, Steve Martin's character might be with a woman and not Dell as well. There's so many little things going on that have been cut out from it. Do you um, think that if this was released in modern day, say on Netflix, for example, it would be a, like a five or six episode? It'd be an episode, yeah. It'd like, be definitely, I think yeah. be the same for a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Film was just the, the way to do it, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, so like... Yeah. It didn't really if, come into its own until the late 90s, to yeah. be honest. If they didn't make uh, Lord of the Rings in the early 2000s, they probably would have made just a TV show of it these days, if that was the case. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed Brings of Power, mind. I say, enjoyed that. I enjoyed that as well, to be fair. It's both Sonic the Hedgehog, isn't it? <laughs> Could well be. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, th the thing with this film as well, um, like, lots of, sort of, lots of stuff was, was changed as it was being filmed as well. John Hughes was literally rewriting stuff as it was being filmed, which is just chaos, like, absolute chaos. And, and there is so much unseen stuff it's just it's just mental uh, in fact um i can remember seeing a long time ago about this one right and unfortunately when i was recently looking up on this i couldn't find too much about it but um the scene where we see um steve martin's character going back for dell and finding him sat there still in the station that's actually sort of reversed and played backwards um in the film that we all know and the scenes of steve martin's character sat there laughing and reminiscing that's not intended. That was just the camera kept rolling of Steve Martin sat on the train and stuff. That was never intended, but um, it's all sort of fitted in and um, you know made made to fit the original ending. Would have been would have just been Dell turning up at um, at Neil's house, seeing his family, and sort of deciding, "Oh look, you know, I'm I'm I I'm out to say welcome. I'm not I oh uh, I don't belong." You kind of thing. I just walking off, and we see we see. We see Dell walk off. That was the original um, intended version, but um, this this way sort of added a bit more depth to it as well as a bit more heartfelt. So we see him sort of realizing, and he's thinking through some of the things that um, that Dell has said when he's saying, "I haven't been home in years" and things like that. He's saying it's all coming back to him. And obviously, that would be really sad if if Dell yeah. just walked off. That would have been really sad. Though. Yeah. Um. So that that in many respects was was a really good decision there. Uh, because as I say, the the original ending um, was just turning up at the door and saying, "Oh, I best be on my way now." And he sort of walks off, and that was it. Um, so yeah, yeah. When you really delve into the plane trains and automobiles and see some of the um, deleted footage, a lot of it makes a lot more sense, mind in uh, in many regards. Yeah, there was a bit where Steve Martin was in a shower. I think it's the first time he goes in the shower and. He comes out of the shower and there's just stuff all over the bathroom. Yeah, well, that's it. Ex it doesn't explain how the stuff got there. There's far more depth to that. Um, even, I think, originally in the trailer, there's sort of scenes of Del Griffith um, in the shower and he's sort of like miming to Elvis sort of type effort and he's got like um, floss and he's got all this stuff going on and there's more of a, more of a, much more of a bathroom scene going on. So that, that would have been cool. And, and some of the props and stuff you can see as well and things going on, that would have been traumatic. There was a whole scene revolving a pizza. There was a whole scene regarding cans exploding. Uh, I'm trying to think of some others now, but there, there's there's loads, like, loads and loads of stuff. That, um, was sort of the kind of stuff gets cut from films for, for a variety yeah. of reasons, usually runtime and stuff. Yeah, it's the running time. It's Even the plane scene was longer. 
Um, even the even the plane scene was was longer. There's a whole other whole other bit of dialogue around that plane scene as well, um, which you can find online. Actually, that one's quite readily available to watch. That is. But um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do find in um, the Marvel films actually has quite a few bits cut out. There's, um, and they even cut like com- actors' bits out completely, so like they're not even in the film anymore, which is strange. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, uh, there was. The, I, mean, I, know, I know I seen something about there was one woman in, in this. Um, I think she was a bit of a well-known actress, and there was sort of a, there was meant to be a scene where Dell goes to like a strip club or whatever, and uh, this actress went to the premiere of it, I think, and it wasn't until like. She saw the film for the first time that she realised oh, her God. her part had actually been cut from it. Um, I remember I seeing something like that as well. Cool story about this happening to someone, and I can't think who it's from. As soon as Richard said it happening in Avengers, I was like, "Why is this sound familiar?" An entire um, role was cut from the film. So the, it was the girl um, for the Avengers one. It was the girl who played. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Thirteen Reasons Why that show on Netflix. She basically played the main character in that. Oh, I know. Her part yeah. was cut. She was meant to be, play um, a future version of Tony Stark's daughter. So either he sees in a vision when he snaps his fingers and they completely cut that bit out. I think that's what it was anyway. I know it's a vision um, that he has of her. I think it's when he dies maybe. But they- Want the vision. <laughs> I want the vision. Um, it's, but it's, uh, I think they felt that it kind of cheapened his death a bit then. It was just like, you know, they wanted more of the impact of him just dying rather than going and showing his daughter, speaking of his future daughter, even though and it wouldn't have made sense because his daughter's still alive. So, it's like the screen time of um, Jared Leto in uh, the, the Suicide Squad. Oh, it? that's another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a, the, if you if you added up all the actual screen time that he actually did for them, this is far more. I think I think his final screen time adds up to like what, like four minutes or something, yeah, is it? Yeah, and he filmed a hell of a lot more. Yeah, it's like yeah, Darth yeah, Maul yeah. in Episode One, Phantom Menace. How, how much is Darth Maul actually in that? Film? That's another Other thing. And, and Darth Maul was like the face of that film, on you, if you remember, it. like all yeah. the sort of imagery and promo material at the time, the toys and everything. Think back now, though, to just think back to you talking about VHSs and stuff. Um, think back a little bit later than that to DVDs. I mean, DVDs first came out. Uh, One of the, the shit you'd get in DVDs is like an incentive to buy them. Deleted scenes, special almost. Featurette almost always deleted scenes so like you know it yeah. shows how common this this kind of practice was i guess you know you film what you i guess if you're out on location you film you know if you've got reams of material film all of it and then deal with it afterwards i guess you know try and make it into a yeah. coherent narrative open back to them superheroes uh, i think it was justice league snyder's cuts yeah that made yeah, it so thing. much better it was like a different film basically and I, I never actually watched it it's never like three hours long the, uh, yeah yeah and it's boxed as well it's in the four is it four three ratio they done it in. Ah. yeah we really weird i don't know why they done that but the film itself made a lot more sense and the ending was better I don't Martha, know. so it's like a th- you know Martha, I know Martha too <laughs> She's my let's mom. be friends <laughs> did we yeah, just become best friends long films doesn't he Zack Snyder like that Snyder, is it? I didn't know he did 300. Makes sense now. Now that I know he did 300. Yeah, he likes his um, he likes his ominous drums in in uh, in films. Zack Snyder. Frank Miller did the comic the 300 as well. That's right. Yeah. The hunt. 
It's in a weird aspect. Right? Uh, I, I don't know what you call it, but it's in a weird print. Actually, the three hundred comic. It's um, like the fucking long that boy is like. Yeah. A long boy. Long boy. Oh yeah. In dressing shape. Long it's Willie's and the other half left. It's a Winnie Willie. I might. Flex, oh, yeah. what have we got? Yeah, so um, we mentioned uh, in quite some depth there, actually, you played Chase and Automobiles. Um, are there any other uh, John Candy films that, that you uh, certainly uh, remember um, in your in your youth, perhaps? Uncle Buck is the one I've Uncle Buck, I've seen oh, with a main role. That's a, that's a personal favourite of mine, absolutely fantastic film. Uh, that was released in 1989, actually, Uncle Buck. Again, John Hughes uh, involvement. Uh, Stone John Candy in the title role. Again, another Ho new Hughes and Candy partnership. Uh, the movie tells the story of one Buck Russell, uh, a, uh, a lazy, uh, down and out, uh, heavily irresponsible man into his gambling and drinking, um, etc., who's suddenly called upon um, by his estranged brother um, to look after um, his three children. Um, whilst they have to leave for some kind of family emergency. Um, uh, anyway, uh, despite uh, uh, Buck's um, regular sort of character and his, his irresponsible uh, type uh, manner, uh, he um, actually uh, bonds very well with the children and, and they seem to take to him and uh, he does a good job. Bar um, his, uh, his uh, eldest niece, um, who makes life very difficult for him and uh, is a character I certainly have a bit of a love-fate relationship with him. I think she's horrible to him and a nasty piece of work. Um, and she's he doesn't deserve girl. any of it. She's like There's one scene in particular teens. where she's like phoning his um, his partner or um, his girlfriend or whatever and sort of uh, making stuff up and things like that and, and yeah, 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 yeah. Terrible, horrible, horrible, uh, horrible uh, character. Um, but um, yeah, again, heartwarming moments. Humorous moments, um, and again, all, all down to Candy sort of um, uh, demeanor as, as it, an is actor. Is that where I shit this world is from? I've never seen. What's that, Sally? Shit, shit this world. Shitter was full. Shit this world. That is um, that is Kaznetti. That is um, Zingalad. Is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Was he in that? No, no, but similar to the circle. He was in another National Lampoon. Yeah, he? he was in he was in um, National Lampoon's Vacation, where they're trying to get to ah. Wally World. Um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, yeah, uh, they get to Wally World, it's closed, and John Candy's there, security guard. He's like, "You can't come in! You can't come in!" And um, they sort of held him hostage, and um, they go around the park on the roller coaster with him, and like they're the only ones or whatever. Uh, he's great, and that he really makes makes the ending of that. Um, John Candy. Um, yeah, Uncle Buck, though. What, what's our thoughts on Uncle Buck? Where do we stand I on enjoy Buck? Uncle Buck? I find he's very weirdly protective of. I think I feel like we've already spoken about this on a podcast somewhere in the past, somehow. We've spoken many times uh, in general about Uncle Buck and things, but, anyway, um, yeah. yeah. I think he's it, really weirdly protective of the, of the teenage girl to the point where it's like a bit. I don't know. What's going on there? Like, <laughs> well, he, do, he doesn't want to disappoint his. Uh, uh, sister, does he? He doesn't want, doesn't want, doesn't want to let him down. No, doesn't yeah. want to let him down. Because he's yeah, like uh, a bit of a, isn't it? Like through his life, he's a bit of a loser sort of thing. Yeah, as I like, say, he's yeah. he's, a, he's a heavy gambling addict, heavy yeah. drinker. He's uh, 
you see him sort of uh, lying on the couch with the dog, and you and the dog's having a be with him and things like that, didn't you? And uh, the old cigar and whatnot. Um, yeah, that film actually um, stars uh, a young Macaulay Culkin uh, before, obviously, uh, he was a household name in Home Alone as well. Is that a pun? That was actually one of his first... Um, <laughs> <laughs> One of his first uh, films from McCordy That surprised me about Plain Strange, actually. It was when he was laying on the bed and he, he lights a, ba- like a cigarette and is just laying there. Like, you, you wouldn't see that anymore. I'll do that these no, days. No, no, no. A, a, a lot of John Candy's scenes that have, have heavily revolved around his smoke and his cigar or whatever. It's heavily yeah, regulated yeah. in the movies. Is that, is that, I, I think you, you can't show them lighting a cigarette. Yeah, now, is, is this just me, right? But when you see people smoking on TV shows and stuff, there's no smoke. Is that just me or is that a thing? I think it I depends on the actor. I think if they are a smoker in real life, then they just have a cigarette. Just smoke a cigarette, yeah, yeah. But they also got this like herbal mixture, which is I tried to pour right uh, when I was getting up joints, and it was rank. Like, oh, oh is, my fuck! Is that the stuff that's on the tables in uh, Amsterdam? No, the, the stuff in Amsterdam is actually a lot nicer than that stuff. Oh, it's, it's like um, so you tore your soul for a part and all the like foam on the inside. Oh. So you just started smoking that. It's a bit filler like that. Oh, right, okay. It cool. is Ming Holland the bar. That's from avoid at all costs. Smoking farts, like smoking farts. Yeah, I think I'd rather do that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, yeah, it, John Campbell. Like, he's such a born character as well. Like seeing him smoking, it just. It was strange, like, it's, it's a different relationship to smoking these days to back then, but it was very strange to watch. It was very normal, like, in films back then, smoking. Yeah. It's just, just another thing, wasn't it, you know? And, like, yeah. it was to the point where cigarette companies were actually sponsoring things like films, sport events, and everything else. It was exactly, yeah. you know, for Absolutely. health reasons and stuff. And now they're not allowed to. You look a lot of these films, though, it? and it's uh, it's just heavily around uh, smoking and things. Heavily. Isn't that why the car catches on fire as well? <laughs> oh yes, 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 yes. In plane trains or automobiles, you know. Yep, and what one of the like genuine laughs out of that is when they were sitting on the sitting on the trunk on the side of the road, and they get up, they look at the car, and I think <laughs> Neil just falls over the trunk. But it's so unexpected. It's good. Rich, we can get a clip of that, please. <laughs> yeah, please, that's great. Are you mad at me? Yeah, I had to go back. I had to look this up because I remember reading it. It was Cillian Murphy and um, Peaky Blinders smoked over 3,000 herbal cigarettes. Oh, Tommy Shelby. I don't know if it's the same stuff. I'm trying to figure oh, yeah. trying to find you out now. What stuff it is. I wonder, like, when they're filming and they're in, like, the, the studio or whatever, is that allowed? Or not? Because like you, you're not allowed to smoke indoors if this in the UK. I'm saying guess, no. You know. I'm saying no. Or do they get like some sort of special pass? Or I, I don't know. So I remember um, uh, years ago, not long after the smoking ban came in, Slash got a fine for smoking inside the Mortpoint Arena. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if they got like fire marshals <laughs> or something on standby, if that's even the reason. Anyway, we spoke about we spoke about uh, we spoke about Uncle Buck. I know uh, Cool Runnings was was another one that we mentioned. Uh, perhaps was it? Could you mention Cool Runnings? Yeah, Cool Runnings was probably the one that I know most of. Um, that was 1993, by the way. Cool Runnings. Yeah, it was just uh, growing up. 
in well in primary school i know every kid did know, knows cool run-ins and, it was and they're probably the, caught in it as well uh, you yeah probably yeah, had many yeah, uh, are you dead you probably had lots he of that didn't you and uh yeah. yeah all that stuff and, going uh, on feel the rhythm feel the rhyme all that yeah, yeah. All, all the quotes many quotes from it many quotes yeah. um yeah do you remember remember the basic plot for that one? uh John Candy played a character called Irv Blitzer, um, a disgraced uh, former um, Olympic, uh, I don't know, uh, sorry, uh, a bobsleigh coach. Uh, he was done for tampering with the weights and stuff on the sleighs and stuff. That's why um, when when he did go back into it, he was sort of, uh, some people were a bit bit unsure of him. Yeah. He kind of blacklisted, really, when he was blacklisted. Um, he's living out there. Uh, Sanka found him, tried getting him to... Uh, to coach uh, a bobsleigh team, uh, which stemmed from which stemmed from uh, you had the three sprinters uh, who were at the Olympic trial, and it would have been uh, what was the what was the the young junior or something they called him was it? Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He trips, he trips, he trips everybody over basically, and that is it. They miss out on their chance, and the next Olympic obviously isn't for four or five years time or whatever. So they think, right, what can we do? So then the idea of um, bobsleighing gets brought into it. They see they see a photo of a young John Candy on the wall. I think it's with Therese's father. And it's of the stem from who is this man? They like they, they track him down, as I mentioned. Sanka tracks him down mm. to a bar. He's sort of whacking him with a pool cue and he get out, get out. <laughs> Eventually, Sanka sort of breaks him down and and um, Irv sort of gives in and he begins to coach them. Um, Sanka was obviously a very talented um, push cart driver and the rest are obviously sprinters. They used all their skills um, to sort of, you know, bring this all together. You had a talented driver there, didn't you? Who's used to getting in the carts and the rest are up for speed and agility and, and it made sense um, there in many respects. And, and that so, was it. And the film is loosely based around the... True um, story, yeah. The Jamaican bobsleigh team, yeah. yeah. Um, so run-ins loosely. then, because because they were sprinters. I'm, I'm a, yeah, 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 yeah. They were sprinters. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There was never never a, never a Jamaican bobsleigh team before. Um, and uh, they used they used the talents um, there to, uh, to bring it all together, basically. They were the the lovable underdogs. And yeah, 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 yeah. And he does play a very memorable role in that as well. Um, yeah, as I say, he's very reluctant to get involved with them at the start, but yeah. um, as, as as time goes on, we see he's got a genuine love for him, and he's got yeah, a, more, yeah. a bit more of a serious role in that because it's the the bobsleigh team that do the majority of the comedy in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not like that funny, and he's sort of. A, He's a very tough sort of, um, you know, to a mini. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's not particularly over comedic, I don't know. Definitely one of his most serious parts, definitely. Yeah, and I say, he, he had that whole sort of, he was, his, his career was tarnished from from where he got caught cheating or whatever. He mm. was sort of lying low and he'd, he'd left the sport behind and they sort of brought him out of retirement, so to speak. Yeah, great film. Um, very heartwarming. Some sad and summer moments with some great comedic moments. Great film. Lucky great egg. film. Did very he's well a, as well. There's a lucky egg, don't he? Sanka's lucky Sanka, egg, yeah. Sanka's lucky egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he keeps um, in his pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, obviously, 93 that came out, and, and, and John Candy died in 1994, so it was approaching the end of his um, 
career as well, especially by the time it probably came out that I was in as well. I can remember, I can remember, um, sort of when that came out on VHS and stuff. I'm sure it was around then, even that he might have died. I, I was, uh, eight years old at the time, but I can vaguely remember, you know, yeah, I don't, it I don't remember it coming out. It was just one of those films that was sort of evergreen through the nineties. It was yeah, like oh yeah. god, I, yeah. I I I bought it on VHS. Yeah. I can remember that happening. Like yeah, and, um, but um, Richard's using corporate IT speak there. <laughs> yeah, I really am. <laughs> uh, oh God, do you have any uh, more details surrounding his death? Only because I don't really know anything about it. You, yeah, you said at the start he collapsed on. Yeah, I was going to close on his on his death, but um, oh, by all but, means, then continue with the other stuff. Sorry. No, by all means, we can we can talk about that now. Or what? What, what do you prefer, really? Um, Whenever you're ready, son. It's not a problem. We'll cl we'll close with it. It does make sense to close with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so we mentioned we mentioned that he was in in Home Alone as well as uh, as Gaspar Linsky, Polka King of the Polka King of the Midwest. Uh, polka Polka. Um, I had a couple of hits out uh, so he's like, any. But, um, yeah, he had the story in that. Um, as, as, uh, mentioned earlier, uh, he, um, finds, um, Akam McCallis' mother, overshears rather, in the airport. Um, contrary to popular belief, apparently Elvis Presley is standing next to him, uh, in the queue. But yeah, he overhears, um, do you know about that rumor, the Elvis Presley in that scene? Have you seen about that? You must have seen about that, truly. No. Everybody, I was long dead by that no. Basically, there's an extra in Home Alone that everybody says, we'll have to have a picture of this pop-up somewhere, that everybody says is Elvis Presley. Um, yeah, there's a whole conspiracy about it. Elvis in Home Alone. Look that up. Um, Elvis in Home Alone. And it's in that scene. It's in that scene where we first introduced to Gus Polinski Polker, Polker King of the Midwest. That's a mouthful. It's in I the scene where we first introduced to Gus Polinski, though. Um, but yeah, he overhears a conversation uh, that she's wanting to get home or whatever. His band, the Kenosha Kickers, which is a polka band, and they actually want to travel there. They are travelling there, and they offer her a lift in the back of the van, and they're giving it the whole polka polka, they're playing and stuff. And, um, enjoyable, great ride. Imagine being in the back of that truck, fantastic entertainment. I'm and, looking um, at the picture that's now, that's such a fucking stretch, that is one. <laughs> they, they, get her, they, get home to, they get her home to Kevin anyway. And um, that's how we introduced to him. And I say that scene was filmed in one day. Uh, he got paid the figure of four. What was it? Four fourteen dollars. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. And and that was it really. Um, it's very very small partner. Um, but um, he's certainly an extremely memorable character from it. And uh, yeah, that's it. Really. That's Gasparinsky. That was Home Alone. And, uh, yeah. Down this Elvis rabbit hole I am at the moment. We find we find the Elvis thing definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm he was very born surprised. in 1935. Have you seen the picture? Oh, good God! <laughs> Have you seen the picture? If he no. was alive at the I time of that being filmed, there is no way in hell he would look that young. It looks, guy looks about 35, 40. It's all right, isn't it? Elvis, Elvis Home Alone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this guy in the background with a beard who looks like you know, slightly older, dishevelled, like Elvis. But like, a don't even look that much like him, and b if he was alive at that time, he'd be what 60, 70 years old. It wouldn't, it wouldn't look like that. It looked a bit like him. I can, <laughs> I can, I can see it. I, I can see it. It looks like him rather like. So you lived in Alaska or something. It could be it's Zach Galifianakis though, for all you know. But yeah, it could be easy be him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a few candy facts now. We've spoken about some of his films. Um, are there any other films that stand out to you? I know he was in like Spaceballs and things like that. 
when he oh. played the sort of half man, half dog. Actually, uh, just a quick one. John Candy, I don't know if you've mentioned this. Is John Candy his real name? Was he born John Candy? Did you say that? Um, I don't think I don't think it is. I'm going to stop that for a minute because you from your. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it is his real name, isn't it? Wikipedia, no, sir. John, John <laughs> Franklin Candy. Well, there we go. It's like Frank Candy, isn't it? That's, Candy is a real name. Be Frank. Yeah. No, it's just like it's it's, it's kind of like a perfect showbiz name, isn't it? I'm just thinking, did he? You make it up for the I love the Wikipedia audio. picture of him. Yeah. We've seen that with the shades and the long hair. Yeah. Long yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't look anything like him, does it? I'm going to throw a few John Candy facts in now for everybody. Did you know that John Candy was meant to be in Ghostbusters? Not surprised at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Who would have fit in there? Who would see, uh, what? Go yeah, basically, um, the ID was bouncing around for a while, the script and everything for. for Ghostbusters with Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd was a close friend of Candy's or whatever. Uh, when it came to it, um, and the director, uh, Ivan Reitman, got involved in everything, Candy was one of the first people he pitched this role to. Uh, it was the role later played by Rick Moranis. Yeah. Uh, the character, I can't remember the character's name, actually. Rick Moranis is pretty good in that. L Lewis Tully, the character's name was. But yeah, uh, John Candy got the script and everything. And he said he didn't really understand what Ghostbusters was going for. And he didn't really understand the sort of the tone of it and what to do with it and stuff. And um, when they pushed the character, um, the director said that John Candy was like, maybe I can give him a German accent and things like that. And he tried doing all this stuff with it. And they sort of, it didn't work. And, and neither party really understood each other on it. And in the end, um, John Candy gracefully bowed down from the role. And then the role was offered to Rick Moranis. Um, John Candy did appear in um, the um, Ghostbusters um, re Parker Jr. music video, though. But yeah, he did not appear in Ghostbusters um, due to the simple fact that uh, I don't think he quite got it and neither party really sort of understood each other on it. Um, but yeah, he would have been in, he would have been in Ghostbusters. How could he not get Ghostbusters? I think I it's from, I, from, an, from an actor's point of view, maybe he just couldn't get the the, the character he wanted out he of couldn't, it. As he well. couldn't. He couldn't bring his. He couldn't bring himself. His. His. his yeah, he couldn't bring his yeah. vibe to it. Perhaps like nothing really worked for him in it. Yeah, um, at least no, he didn't no, just do it for a payday, I guess. And he, true. No, what he wanted to try with it. Um, He's not Nick Cage, is he? What he What he wanted to try with it wasn't quite working, really. Uh, I think Nick Cage might be a cast in itself, mate. In the amount of fucking movies he's done. Not, oh. not a lot of good ones either, but... He done it for a reason, though. But I think it was like his ex-wife was like taking him for everything he had, so he's oh, just right. grabbing any role that he could. And... <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, he, he went into like the um, Bruce Willis kind of just fucking millions of films kind of territory, just constantly yeah. turning our stuff. I just uh, read that. Do, do you reckon The Rock is the role for president? I fucking don't know. I fucking don't care. <laughs> it's got electrolytes. What did you just find? I just found that John Candy did the voices of several characters in the animated film called Heavy Metal. I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's like a fucking kind of like white dwarf kind of fantasy kind of film from the 80s. Um, it's like fully animated, like swords and sorcery jobby thing. I only, I only know about it because like a bunch of metal bands did soundtrack for it. Black Sabbath did a song and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. 
I didn't realize he actually did voices. Which, which in version of Black Sabbath? Uh, it'd be probably one of those fucking shit versions. Yeah, of Sabbath. I can heavily imagine so. He did um, do John Carney did do a bit of voice work because he did. He was Wilbur in um, The Rescuers Down Under. Well, one of my next facts I was going to move on to: John Candy was meant to have a role in the film Pocahontas, and there was a part <sighs> yes. specifically designed and made for him. Um, but obviously, he died before it happened. Then he was sort of written out of it. Then they removed the character. Then so yeah, they completely yeah. removed the character. Yeah, yeah, and well, it was it just happen. it was because it wasn't instead of um, Eddie Murphy. It was alongside, wasn't it? it yeah, was yeah, yeah. The two. It was. It was um, a specifically written part and hmm. character. Yeah. Um, John Candy did, however, uh, did you know he had an animated show called Camp Candy, um, which was aired, uh, it was a fictional show set in a cam summer camp, um, that aired between 1989 and 1992 on NBC, uh, it was later rerun, but, uh, yeah, it was basically, um, an animated cartoon, um, set in a summer camp, and John Candy would be showing these kids sort of outdoor skills and stuff, and at the start of the episode he'd be, um, that reminds me of something, or that reminds me of a story, or kind of like when Peter's like, like that time, right? It was like that, but then he would narrate, narrate the episode around that. In later series, um, John Candy's physical presence actually appeared in there as well, and for little scenes and stuff. Um, yeah, it also spawned a brief comic book series as well, um, entitled uh, Camp Candy, uh, which was published by Marvel Comics, actually. I'd love to get my hands on one of them or, or read one of them. That would be great. But yeah, Cam Candy did pretty well. Three seasons. And uh, between 1989 and 1992. So yeah, he was he was involved in, in, in voiceover work as well. That's absolutely correct. Um, that ties in nicely there with that. So he, yeah, so he would have been, if he did do Pocahontas, because I know uh, Robin Williams was kind of the catalyst for um, sort of Hollywood film stars portraying animated um characters yeah oh. um so he would have been the well alongside eddie murphy obviously the next the next ones to kind of jump that bridge because it was from oh, there yeah, on that yeah. he realized it's quite an interesting documentary i watched on on the history of that where it was always literally just voice actors and very very rarely you had um an actual actor doing voice over work it was just always voiceover artists special people and then like you had um when aladdin came out and the genie was so popular disney just went the whole hog and nowadays when you see an animated film it's all about who is you know this is it this, this is the, Chris this, this is my problem now they, they purposely choose a big star now with what you're saying yeah this yeah. is this, this is the yeah. thing yeah look yeah. at the cast of mario yeah this is if, yeah. That's Very exactly much it. looking forward to that, but you were, Same. you know, <laughs> spot on. Like. Yeah. It never used to be like that, no, or especially didn't. in the 90s and things. It was never like that. And, and then, I guess, you look at um, uh, Pixar's first film in Toy Story, they basically went, well, if Robin Williams was good in uh, Aladdin, let's get uh, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, who were very big names at the time, to portray these two main characters. And look how that turned out. They're making another Toy Story now. Yeah, Toy Story so, 5 is... For uh, some McCrans, bizarre yeah. reason. Uh, but, yeah. It's almost like they've got no ideas. No, for, this is it. For new films. So, we've had a little look uh, through John Candy's career from the start to some of his more successful roles and everything in between. Um, so, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of his final, final moments, his final performances 
and unfortunately the end of John's life um, as we as we uh, sort of come to a closure on this, if you will. I'm going to talk about some of John's final roles. Um, now, this is where it gets a little bit confusing due to the timelines of. Now, Wagons East um, was um, John's final physical filming role, um, but uh, Canadian Bacon was the last film that was released, if that makes sense. Okay. So Canadian Bacon was actually shot in 1993, but it wasn't until 1995 that was released. So that makes it his last released film, but his last actual filmed film would have been Wagons East. Now, Wagons East was uh, an adventure comedy um, starring John Candy and Richard Lewis. And... Um, yeah, that was uh, released in the US at least on August 26, 1994. Is that and same same Richard? Sorry, sorry. Uh, same Richard Lewis as Kevin Enthusiast. Yeah, so I'm so yeah, mentioned that, that, that no Richard way. Lewis. Yeah, no, I'll be honest with you. That the only thing I've other thing I've ever seen Richard Lewis in um, is Kevin Enthusiasm, which he's fantastic in, by the way. Yeah, um, no, that's it. I, I've never seen him as like an actor in, in a yeah. you know, even though he's like you know meant to be a super renowned popular. Yeah, and didn't he? He, you know, he goes on about saying that he coined the term from hell. Like, from hell, oh, yeah. I got the mother-in-law yeah, yeah. from hell. And I, you know, really? got the job from hell. Yeah. Mother-in-law like, from a, hell and things like that. Yeah, such a yeah, common yeah. phrase yeah. like that we use today that, you know. Yeah. He reckons Richard Lewis probably coined it. He reckons he is the, the OG of, of, the, of the from hell phase. Um, but yeah, that's the timeline of that. So, uh, Canadian Bacon, uh, released in 95, actually shot in 1993. Wagons East, um, released in 1994, but yeah, you get what I'm saying anyway. Um, Canadian Bacon was John Candy's last completed movie then, if that makes sense. Um, described as a satirical comedy um, in which John Candy is cast as a patriotic American sheriff who tries to lead an invasion of Canada. Um, now, Wagons East, as I just mentioned, that was filmed in... Uh, Sierra de Oganos National Park in the town of Sombriete, I believe I'm saying Mexico, and in Durango, Mexico, um, which, um, as unravel on to, that is obviously where John died more or less on, on set or after filming. Um, according to reports, uh, John Candy shot his last scene for the movie and celebrated by cooking up a late night dinner for his assistance. Um, that night, he also called co-stars Richard Lewis and Robert Picardo to, for a chat on the phone, um, as well as phoning his young children back in Los Angeles at to say goodnight. Uh, John then headed to bed and basically never woke up. Um, no, whilst no, whilst John slept, he suffered um, a heart attack at the age of age 43. So yeah, that's where he died. He died on the set of Wagons East, or, you know, after filming Wagons East. Um, the movie was completed. Um... And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was that then. That was the timeline, as I've just mentioned then. But then Canadian Bacon was his last film we would have seen publicly. So, so yeah, what was, that what was, was the that. red tape of Canadian Bacon, do we know? Or... What's that, Sonny? Well, why was Canadian Bacon, like, held up? Do I'm not know? too sure, to be honest. I'm not, honestly, not too sure there. Well, um, just happened, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um... John Candy died um, after East wrapping things up released, Wagons right? East. It did get released, Wagons East. Yeah, both both films both films got released. Um, and as I say, uh, John John's father um, actually died when John was five years old. 
um, of complications of of um, of uh, heart disease as well. So so it's very sad. These sort of ties in with how his father died as well. And uh, that was it. That was the life of John Candy there. Um, there is, um, um, I've read as recent of about six or seven days ago, uh, in the works apparently, a documentary about John Candy's life that is being produced by Ryan Reynolds, um, which I do have very high hopes for. Not sure when it's out, no release dates. I think, I think I might have read as well that Tom Hanks's son stars in this somewhere. Colin Hanks? He is bonkers. I Absolutely think, bonkers. I think he, I, I, I'm guessing he's going to be playing John Candy, but I'm pretty sure I read there was some involvement of Colin Hanks in there somewhere. He was, yeah, that is in the works, he was at a children's party, right? Tom Hanks' son. He was at a children's party on stage in front of all these kids, and he went full blown, like Kanye West kind of style <laughs> conspiracy theory on the wall. And he was out at Tom Hanks' son. Oh, lunatic. Absolutely so lunatic. He, he, could, he, could, he could be a, a, a good. Um, a good person to play him, then you're thinking, if that's the case. Ah, uh, yeah, until he goes full blown out. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you think it's going to do with um, the 30th anniversary of his death? Like, realistically, by the time he yeah, comes home? Yeah, yeah that'll come up for his 30th. Um, and I say, though, it was, it was um, Plane Chains on Board, the Plane Chains Automobiles recently had an anniversary as well. That's where the whole Blu ray came out and the unseen footage, etc., etc. Um, so, no doubt that'll come out for the 30th. Um, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds being a, a Canadian uh, comic actor is uh, yeah, yeah. primed to kind of with with the the means to do something like that because he owns uh, Maximum Effort Productions. I think it is Ryan Reynolds' uh, thing. Obviously, named I don't after think he, the Deadpool. I don't know if he's got Deadpool, a part in it. He may have a part in there somewhere. I'm guessing. Probably just, he'll probably like they'll probably interview a lot of different um, yeah. actors and. Film, uh, film Listen, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be done as as a, as a biopic or as oh, right, a, you yeah. know a sort of a talk through John's life. Yeah. I've got a feeling it could be it could be a bit of a um a biopic perhaps of where someone is be. playing John. If it's then a documentary, have... they'll just have a lot of you know they'll have like Steve Martin in there and probably Macaulay yeah, Culkin but... and people like that talking about him in there. But yeah, yeah. it could be a biopic. It'd be interesting if it's a biopic. To be honest. It's, well, this is uh... it. Yeah, this is it. I don't know which I'd prefer, really. Um, but, um, yeah, that's something I'll certainly be keeping an eye on. As I say, it was only the past week or so that that's, um, that's come about. Richard Lewis still kicking about, thinking about it. Yeah, he was in the last season of Kirby Enthusiasm, wasn't he? The very, um, um, I don't know if... Oh, the, the Latte Larry uh, season. Uh, I'm trying to think what happened in the last series of that. Um, Wasn't Richard Lewis also the name of Dick Pendaren? Wasn't that Dick Richard Lewis in Wallace, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's also the name of a friend of mine. <laughs> I know, I know <laughs> Richard Lewis as well. Probably a very common name, I imagine. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's sort of me wrapping things up on Life of John Candy there, to be honest with you. The warm um, cast about a warm person, Sam. Yeah, a very lovable man. I don't think there's anybody who really has a bad word to say about John Candy. It's funny, um, but his, like his his, uh, his sort of filmography thing is quite short, quite short, a short-lived career before he died, really. Yeah, you but know. if you look at if you look at just how much he crammed into those sort of few years, yeah. it's it's um it's yeah. quite impressive. If we talk in his little cameos, mm. his little supporting roles and stuff, as well as his leading roles, he, he fitted an awful made, lot of stuff in. Made the most of it. But it's, yeah, you know, like I, when we were brainstorming uh, this topic, I, I was racking my head around the films. I thought he did a lot more. But it turns out that it wasn't as many as I thought he did. I just thought I didn't know them. But yeah. yeah. There's some great early ones as well, like um, Summer Rental um, is a fantastic one, and um, Who's Harry Crumb is a good one. 
there's sort of uh, lesser known ones as well, which um, Brewster's Millions is, is another one, which is yeah. just behind me by there, with Richard Pryor. Them two work fantastic together as well, Richard Pryor and John Carolina. This great film that is. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I personally chose to speak about John Carolina. I know this is such a, a random thing to anyone who's ever seen any of the Steve cast before, but John Carolina is, as is well known by the other three, um, my favourite actor. Many times I've gone into conversation about John Candy, etc. Obviously, the anniversary of his death is coming up. That's why I, I thought I could wonderfully tie all this in and just have a little bit of a chat about him, really. And um, I can only hope that um, you've all enjoyed um, taking a look at John's uh, career as much as I have and as much as we all have, really. I'm glad you've done this because I really enjoyed watching Planes, Trains, Automobiles. If anyone hasn't actually seen it, yeah, just watch it. Might, I suggest might... looking at it. It might get you to delve a little bit further into thinking, oh, I haven't seen that one. You know what I mean? There's plenty there, plenty there to choose from. Plenty there. So, yeah. So, this is me wrapping up the John Candy cast. I hope you've enjoyed everything we've spoken about as we've looked through uh, John Candy's career and some of his films mentioned. If you haven't seen some of the films mentioned, go ahead and check them out. There's something for everybody there. Um, thanks once again, and we'll see you soon. Hello. Hello.